0: Well, we do want to remind you that you're listening to KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, KSCF in Fresno, or anywhere in the world on www.kpfa.org. And a reminder that we're sponsoring a special event tonight at 8.30 p.m. in the First Congregational Church of Berkeley at 2345 Channing Way near Durant. Uh, Tariq Ali speaking about Pakistan, Afghanistan, and American power. You know him. He's a frequent guest on these airwaves. He's editor of the New Left Review. And again, he's speaking at 8.30 at the First Congregational Church of Berkeley, 2345 Channing Way. Tickets are $12. Online at www.kpfa.org. I'm Brian Edwards-Teekert with Sasha Lilly. Uh, Coming up next, we have another fundraising special.
1: And welcome to Open Book, Friday's edition of Cover to Cover. I'm Amelia Gonzalez, and for the next half hour, we'll be talking about family activism. What exactly makes up a strong family that possesses good family values? As a progressive movement, have we allowed the political right to define what family values mean? My guest, Dr. Roberto Vargas, and I will be talking about his latest book, Family Activism, Empowering Your Community, Beginning with Family and Friends, where he puts forth some of the best qualities of Latina and Latino culture as tools for anyone desiring to create more loving and caring families. Drawing from activism experience, he offers a way to empower families to be strong agents for social and economic justice and peace. You have the opportunity to get this book as a thank you gift if you call now with a $60 pledge to help in keeping this station alive. You can call toll free at 1-800-439-5732 or go to our website www.kpfa.org. Roberto Vargas is an educator, planning consultant, and ceremony leader. He has founded several counseling centers, including El Centro de Salud Mental in Oakland and La Familia Counseling Services in Hayward. He has taught community organizing and leadership development at the University of California at Berkeley and San Jose State University. I was able to talk with him by phone, and I started with asking him why he thought now was the time to write a book about fostering families.
0: Well, in a lot of ways, the need has been present for generations. We're all part of families, and as much as we like to have a healthy family, invariably there's, there's issues that exist within our family where people aren't talking to each other, we don't understand each other, we're struggling with stress. And for all those reasons, as families, we need tools to be able to communicate with each other, to support each other, to learn how to express love to each other. So in a lot of ways, this is, is something that's been needed for a long time. And what I feel makes it even more pressing now is that families are under even greater degrees of stress. We're just being continually bombarded with the big problems, whether it's the war or the situation around housing, violence. And so more of the reasons family needs to develop practices in which there can be conversations to to help people clarify what can we do to support each other during these times and what do we need to do to make a difference in our community.
1: Now, in these recent years, we've seen that the political extreme right has almost monopolized the terms such as family and family values. What are your thoughts about that?
0: Well, I feel that's uh, another reason why family activism is very important to put forward. You're you're correct. The right has almost taken a claim that they are for family, which means progressives are maybe not for family or is not as responsible family, and that's not true. The reality is, left and right, they're, they're caring people, and caring people need to recognize that we need to be responsible. Look at the larger picture of what needs attention, the fact that there is global warming, the the reality that unless we do appropriate mobilizations, our children won't live to have healthy children. And so we need to to claim as progressive folks that we're very much committed to family. Families is... is our cause—it's it's a source of support. And as activists, I believe we need to learn more about how do we share support. How do we facilitate developing more that that caring drive, that caring instinct within our family so people to give more to each other and to our communities.
1: When I read this book, it reminded me of so many times I think of my practice as a parent being what guides me through my work as someone that's working for social justice. And I just thought that connection was very interesting. We have
0: a lot of folks out there, caring people who are doing a lot of good. The other evening I met this woman physician who's working with young pregnant women, who's working with folks with, with HIV and here she was feeling guilty because she wasn't being enough of an activist. Yet she was doing this work as part of her work. She's also had two children. And I said, you know what? You're a family activist. And she goes, what's that? I go, you're creating change beginning with supporting your family and taking those values out and, and integrating them into your work. And it was just, it was like she almost gosh, dropped a major burden because she was carrying all this guilt that she wasn't doing enough in terms of, of what's called or people think of as a political activism, social activism. The reality is that we need multiple types of activism to create the world we desire. Some of some it begins with family, some of it's more cultural, having to do with values, some of it at our work, and some of it's political. But the point is we need to validate the fact that much needs attention and a lot of it begins with our, our network of family and friends
1: you use so much of your personal experience and you were blessed in having a loving family. And some might think that this work within Familia is too daunting or overwhelming if they haven't had a functional loving family. Why do it?
0: Well, you're, you're, it's true that I feel that I was blessed in terms of my family, yet within my family there, there were contradictions that needed attention. Now, there came a point where... Where brothers wouldn't wouldn't even be present in the same room, uh, where there were secrets kept and, and dialogue not happening that could help resolution, so even healthy families need attention. so my concern here is that we look at the the broader concept of what familia is familia is is your family, and it's everyone you care about and cares about you. familia is is our extended relationships going into community. so this idea of family activism is learning communication tools, meeting tools that help us have communications where we're empowering each other, we're validating each other, we're helping each other connect with our power to create change, to make things better within our own immediate reality and the larger reality. So, for some folks, maybe where their family's at, it's difficult to to apply some of those practices, so work with the family of your friends, work with your coworkers. workers We're all part of different network systems where we can use someone who can facilitate conversations that, that help us understand our reality, that help us pump up our, our, our inspiration, that help us see what's possible. So the idea of family activism is, is tools that we can apply with any co- group constellation we're part of.
1: I wanted you to talk a little bit about co-powering to battle el no. Can you describe what el no is?
0: In a lot of ways in our society, we're, we're very much bombarded by what I call el no. El no are all those messages that negate our power and potential. You're not smart enough. You're not thin enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not white enough. There's all these messages we see that tell us that We don't have enough power to create the changes we desire for ourselves or for the community. And this is very much the case within our Latino community where we're very much bombarded with with messages which we translate into, you know, no valgo, no puedo, no devo, I have no value, I can't, I'm not worthy enough. So here we are as, as a community society, in many ways internalizing these messages so that, that one voice that we have in our mind that says we can't do it becomes just too strong and it limits our, our full potential. So in a lot of ways, if we're going to create the changes we want within our own families, our communities, or society, we need to believe more in our power, our personal power, our family power, our community power, and that begins with us taking a greater responsibility to engage in co-powering communications. This is communications where we're continually trying to lift each other up, validate each other, show each other respect. And this begins with just the way we interact with our children. Oftentimes, parents will stand up and talk down to children. That's very invalidating. It it doesn't lift up the power of that child. But if you were to get on your knee and be eye to eye with that child and ask them, you know what, tell me what you think about this. What you're doing is affirming to that child their power. Because you're asking the question, you're asking them, what do you think about this? What do you feel about this? And you're doing it at an eye level where they feel affirmed and validated. The same token, we could um, be validating our own parents by asking them, you know, mom, here, look, I've got this issue that came up at work. This is what about, I like some of your reflections or thoughts on it. That's validating and affirming. So there's so many ways we can be co-powering and for me, co-powering it is at the essence of family activism where we learn to consciously lift each other's power up
1: You've practiced that in so many ways. I wanted you to talk a little bit about the circles, where you can do that. You started Circulos, and I have indirectly have experienced your amazing Circulos de Hombres, where they come from different backgrounds and try to find that common ground where you are empowering them in in a different way, wouldn't you say?
0: A very important tool of family activism is the creating of circles Mm
1: -hmm. or
0: the creating of group experiences. And this, can, this begins with bringing one's family together oftentimes. As much as we'd like to think that we're good at expressing love, we need a lot of practice. As much as we'd like to think we're good at validating each other, we need a lot of practice. So within our family customs and traditions, there's many opportunities we have that can help us become better at expressing love, better at validating. For example, a birthday party. We have a birthday party, and let's say it was your party, and everyone comes together. We have food, we have the cake, we sing happy birthday, and then after a while, everyone leaves. And we lost a major opportunity there because we could have had, we could have incorporated a little bit of a ceremony there where we all took turns sharing why is Amelia's presence a gift to us? Could have asked folks there, you know, can we all take a turn and share with Amelia why? She's a gift to us, and why we're so glad that it's her birthday so for you that's giving you affirmation validation as you hear people say, "You know what, gosh, I love her because she always smiles you know she's all I love her because she always gives the gift of food to others she's always sharing you get affirmations, and then people begin to learn actually how to express affirmations to others, how to give feedback that's lifting, and then also in the process, people usually go deeper and they share profound loving statements so in a way that circle making family activism because you do that and you nurture greater inspiration with the family more love and, and just more um, practice in communicating in uplifting ways so you just kind of ripple that out and you could do ceremonies for for your large gatherings of, of friends and work associates um, there's just often times where I'll facilitate a circle for a major anniversary for an organization and get people the opportunity to then share, okay, why is this organization important to us? And again, share that affirmation And now that would affirm the people working in that organization. So there's just there's limited opportunities we have to do kind of co-powering um, communications and create these circle experiences that lift people up. And a lot of it is having that mindfulness that lifting each other up is important because you're combating that negativity. We're combating that I don't know.
1: And you have steps throughout the book, which I really appreciated. Is that as a result of your practice as a dad, as, as a facilitator, as both? I wanted you to talk a little bit about your experience in putting this to practice.
0: Okay, well, first of all, in a lot of ways with the book, I'm trying to achieve a couple of items here. I'm trying to create more mindfulness that we need to make families our cause. Um, just for many years, I and other activists have known, we put so much energy in terms of working for the community out there that we ignore our relationships. We ignore our families. That's not healthy. It's not healthy for us as individuals. It's not healthy for our families. And So in part, the book, begins to raise awareness that family has to be part of our cause and then attempt to illustrate through stories and explanation how to use a number of tools within our families or our circle of friends, work relationships, tools that that help lift people up. So it's I'm trying to do some some how to explanation and then provide illustration examples of just the multiple ways we might be able to apply these tools. And I draw very strongly from my own personal family experience. When um, I used to be director of a, of a mental health center in, in Oakland, they're part of Clinica de la Raza. And at that, the time we organized a program, we were very much into developing therapy approaches that were about empowerment and that we kind of also respected the wisdom and practices that come out of our culture. And then when I left the Centro, my concern was very much taking those tools, but learning how to apply them, just being a family member, just being the oldest son, being an uncle, being a godparent, being a parent. Kind of experiment, just dialogues. How do you dialogue with with, with, with young people so that you know it's an opportunity for them to learn to grow. How do I, do I dialogue with my own children? How do I facilitate? dialogues within my family of brothers and parents. Or sometimes getting recruited by other families. Hey can you Roberto, can you help us have a family meeting? Well let's see if either I can help you or maybe I can coach you on how to do it. So ideally trying to to more so help people help themselves. So a lot of these tools evolved out of the the, just the, the practice of of working with them and learning from them year in, year out, for the, the last 28 years. And it's now beautiful to see the next generation applying these tools. In fact, I just got a call about an hour ago from, from one of my godsons who's now in Mexico, Mexico. He's in Guadalajara. And he says, look, you know what? I'm a part of this learning team and I've been applying the tools. I've been doing what we call conocimiento, helping people know each other to so become a team. And he was all excited because he was seeing mm. the, the, um, the benefits of his intervention, but then he was also sharing how, you know, where it didn't work. And, and that's what we share. Well, part of part of the doing is the doing and learning from the doing. So that every time you apply some of these tools, you may not achieve all that you want, but you took the courage to make it happen, so that strengthens your courage. Cause it's not easy a lot of times to, to create intervention within your family system or your own group. But every time you do it, you become more courageous and you and you learn how to apply the method more particularly when you reflect later in terms of what could have done or what should have done or might have done.
1: That's the voice of Dr. Roberto Vargas, and we're talking about his latest book, Family Activism, Empowering Your Community, Beginning with Family and Friends, here on Open Book, Friday's edition of Cover to Cover. I'm Amelia Gonzalez, and I'm going to remind you that you can call in and support this programming here on KPFA by going to the phone at 1-800-439-5732, and you have the opportunity to get this book as a thank you gift. With your $60 pledge to keep KPFA alive, again, you can go to 1-800-439-5732 or go to our website at www.kpfa.org. You know, something that really resonated with me is the encouragement throughout your book in different steps is the ability to take risks. Because I think a lot of times we don't take those risks because we don't want to, well, we don't want to fail mostly and we don't want to fall short and we don't want to, you know, stand out and do a lot of things that might put us out there with starting something that we might not know how to. It's, it's unknown You're exactly territory.
0: Right. You're exactly right. It takes courage to initiate within one's family a family meeting, a family conversation. When um, I was teaching UC Berkeley, and I was teaching community organizing in the School of Social Work. Uh-huh. And one of the requirements I had for my students was to organize a family meeting. And they would balk at that. They'd say, look, we're not here to work with families. We're here to organize a community. <laughs> I'd say, look, if you're really committed to long-term change, it's going to take a lifetime. This is a lifestyle. And to the degree you can begin enlisting your family to support you, you'll have your family there for the rest of your life. And if it's difficult to work with family, hey, recognize that your family is your family for the rest of your life, so if it takes a few years to kind of make it work, hey, well invested. Mm-hmm. So anyways, in that process, though, we kind of learned that some, sometimes you can't just initiate a family meeting. You, you've got to do a little bit of the, the pre-education. So I give them strategies like, okay, Identify with your family who might be open to the family meeting. Well, my mom. Who else? Well, maybe my sister. Look, you need to go talk to them first and tell them that that what you like to do is have a family meeting to identify your vision for the family. Mm -hmm. For your family, what would it mean to be a healthy, successful family? And so you want to have a meeting around that to determine what the family needs to do to move forward on, on that vision. And so enlist them. And then call for the meeting. So now you've got more support. And so it's kind of try to identify the different steps, the homework involved and then how to prepare yourself as a facilitator and then also how to be flexible to go with the flow. Um, sometimes families aren't ready. Right. Um, and other times one discovers they are. Or what happens is they're not ready then, but then uh, a family crisis comes up, you know, Dad gets super ill. Um, There's a death, um, a divorce. So many things can happen where family comes together and they know they need to talk to each other and then they often turn to to you and say, you know what, can you kind of help us coordinate this meeting? Because now they recognize that you've got a little bit of skill in this area. And, And that's another aspect of family activism is learning how to be a facilitator. A facilitator is one that makes group meetings, gathering, easy. comes to the word fostering, to make easy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, it, it takes a lot of skill and a lot of practice. However, what we need, if we're actually going to do all the community and social problem solving we need to do, is we need more people that know how to be facilitators. And that's where I believe our families is an excellent place to begin to learn how to facilitate and develop the skills and confidence to facilitate in other places.
1: I wanted to finally end with how important motivation is because we have to check check ourselves on why, why we're, I guess there's a premise of sharing love, of, you know, of empowering people and sometimes that's that um, I think it's important to check ourselves that we're coming from that space. And I wanted to share with our listeners um, something that I thought re- well resonated with me and I think sometimes resonates with a lot of us who have suffered injustice, which is uh, when you're talking about learn, communicate, and teach. Without realizing it, I had started to sound like the people who had injured me. My venting about the disrespect inflicted upon me and those of my community became more frequent and critical of the character of all white people. Then one day I was stunned by my younger brother, Marcos, who courageously confronted me with his love. He said that despite having viewed me as his role model for years, he could no longer listen to me because I was too full of hate. My initial reaction was anger at him. Couldn't he see all the good that I was doing? Yet over many days, as I cooled down, I recognized that I had become consumed by my anger. I realized it was time to consciously reprogram my motivation, not to deny my experiences with injustice and racism, but to nurture my original inspiration, which was love. We have to check ourselves every so often, don't we?
0: Right. We need to to check ourselves and we need more affirmation as to the reality that our core essence is about love. Um, in a lot of ways, I believe our spirit essence is por vida. Por vida, within our Chicano culture, means for life, You know, having a relationship for life. But I've kind of connected those two words, por vida, and combined them to kind of create a word of, of a little bit more deeper meaning which is that our spirit essence is for life, it's for love, it's for everything that's positive. And so a lot of ways the biggest ill no is, is perpetuated by the church, which says, you know, we're inherently sinful. Hmm. So from mm-hmm. the very beginning they're inculcating in us that we aren't inherently good people. When in fact we are. And to the degree we can liberate ourselves from that ideas of sin and recognize that we are actually porta we start connecting more with our power of love. And that's where I believe a lot of ways family activism takes courage because it's about connecting with that Port Vida or loving essence and, and letting it manifest, letting it flow, you know, allowing it to come out and allowing it to help you pull people together, to, to, sh- to share difficult conversations that are about supporting each other and, and helping each other grow. So family activism is about being optimistic, courageous in the context of, of challenging times and recognizing that, that our essence is part of it. It's 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 for love, it's for respect, it's for understanding, and that's what we can make happen in the world.
1: Well, Roberto Vargas, I want to thank you for joining us here on KPFA.
0: Thank you very much.
1: You've been listening to Dr. Roberto Vargas, and we've been talking about his latest book, Family Activism, Empowering Your Community, Beginning with Family and Friends, here on Open Book, Friday's edition of Cover to Cover. I'm Amelia Gonzalez. Dr. Roberto Vargas will be here in the Bay Area talking about his book at the UC campus in Berkeley on Thursday, October 9th at 6 p.m. at the Ethnic Studies Library located at 30 Stevens Hall. For more information, you can call Lily Castillo Speed at 510-642-3947 or go to csl.library.berkeley.edu. And again, we're closing the second week of our fall fund drive and we're hoping that you support this type of programming by calling toll-free at 1-800-439 Five, seven, three, two, and pledging for the arts programming here at KPFA. We're happy to be able to offer you this book Family Activism Empowering Your Community Beginning with Family and Friends as a thank you gift for a $60 pledge. This book is a perfect opportunity to find ways and tools for teaching love in action. I'm reminded of Che Guevara's famous quote that says at the risk of seeming ridiculous let me say that the true Revolutionary is guided by a great feeling of love. You can get this book that reminds us of what's at the core of what we do as a community by calling 1 800 439 5732 and asking for this book. Family Activism, Empowering Your Community, Beginning with Family and Friends, as a thank you gift, again, for a $60 pledge. What's important is that you do support the independent media outlet, where independent authors, activists, and listeners come together for a view of our reality that is not being supported or fostered elsewhere. When you support this station, you are also supporting the hundreds of organizations, artists, musicians, Writers, lecturers, activists that use this non-commercial radio station to get the word out of so much of the work that is happening locally and globally. Please help KPFA stay alive and strong by calling one 800 439 and for a $60 pledge, you can get the book by Dr. Roberto Vargas, Family Activism. This has been Cover to Cover, Open Book. I've been your host, Amelia Gonzalez. Thanks for listening. KPFA listeners, come answer phones in the upcoming fund drive. You can fulfill your volunteer membership and get discounts on great KPFA-produced premiums like CDs, DVDs, and KPFA T-shirts. If members of your community group, labor union, or nonprofit volunteer together, your organization will be thanked on the air. Call to reserve your seat at 510-848-6767, extension 618. So thank you for supporting KPFA.